It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. Uh, matchup they have on the road against uh, Calumet, um, an eight one team. Yeah, so uh, well, sorry, sorry, nine and one. I think after uh, last week, so we'll talk with him about that matchup. Um, also, you can reach out to the show on the uh, Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead text line. Just text me at seven six five four four seven four zero eight zero. We were going to have. Uh, Coach Shields on today, but something kind of came up and uh, it didn't work out today. We're working on getting that rescheduled, but I know as I said, we would have her on today and uh, uh, some things happen. That's okay. Uh, we'll work around it and we're going to get her rescheduled, but uh, let's go ahead and get started. It's need to know news time. Here's your need to know news. Hey, not a ton for you here on this Thursday. But let's get to uh, the important stuff here. First off, right as we went off the air yesterday, Robert Quinn traded to the Eagles. Going to the Eagles for a fourth round pick. Ain't that something? Um, but look, it's the highest paid player on the payroll for the Bears, a guy who had 18 and a half sacks last year and just had not been finding his stride under the new leadership here. We find out today, too, that um, the Bears are on the hook for about $7 million of his salary this year and then nothing over the next two years. So, good deal? You tell me. I wanted to hear from you Bears fans and what you thought. If you felt as if the Bears won that trade, if you feel like, no, they lost that trade. I mean, were you just kind of, were you happy? Were you not happy about it? So I opened up a poll yesterday on that trade, and uh, we straight up asked you, as a Bears fan, did we win that trade? Did we lose that trade? Seems fair. I'm happy. Fair, but not happy. Majority of Bears fans feel like they lost that trade. 45%. Second was 23% fair, but not happy. 18% said seems fair. I'm happy. 14% of Bears fans seem to think they won the trade. <sighs> I don't know. I feel like you got a lot of areas you got to address, and that cap space is going to come in handy. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. Uh, Bulls and Pacers last night. Chicago runs away with it, 124 to 109. Buddy had 25. Matherin had 15 off the bench. Some issues at the end of the game when Matherin stole the ball in the closing second. Chicago was in the corner. They're just dribbling out the clock, not trying anything. Matherin swooped in, stole the ball. 
and then got fouled as he tried to take a layup. Hits both free throws. Those two baskets that hit the over. Ooh, that's a bad beat. Levine with 28. Vooch with 14.7 boards. That's the second fewest boards he's had in a game this season. Uh, Big Ten Soccer postseason awards came out. Caleb Budish was a unanimous all-freshman team pick. Budish finished second uh, on the team in points, goals, and shots on goal. Sidney Duarte, the team's sportsmanship award honoree. I don't know if this is awkward or what, but the University of South Carolina, Beaufort. Who? What? They've got a new women's basketball coach, and they've just started up a program. It's former Purdue head coach Sharon Versip out of retirement. Quote, Coach Versip, I am extremely honored to lead the first women's basketball program and to build it on a solid foundation at USCB. I'm also looking forward to partnering with the community of Beaufort and embracing their strong support. Versip, of course, retired last season, like a month and a half before the season started. She's the winningest coach in program history with 301 victories. Tonight, Blackhawks hosting the Oilers, 8.30. Hawks a big underdog in this one, but have won their last uh, four games. The Oilers have won three of their last four. They are one of the best teams in the league. Uh, Also bad news for the Blackhawks. Tyler Johnson was getting off to a good start after uh, suffering like a hernia or something. He had some kind of back issue last year. Um, and uh, he's heading to IR after he wrecked his uh, was his ankle right in the in the boards and stuff in a tangle up the other night. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, no Tyler Johnson. Uh, that is done, and that would recap your need to know news for today. I know we talked, uh, you know, the Bears trade and everything. The Indianapolis Colts still have a lengthy injury list going into today, but it wasn't terrible. Um, Shaquille Leonard was a full participant, but back was the labeled issue here, which I don't know. Ryan Kelly was a limited participant with another knee issue. Um, Matt Ryan, right shoulder, did not participate. We talked about the AC sprain, but everybody talking about him being benched at the same time. Um, Dockway was out for rest. Gilmore was out for rest. Quiddy Pay did not participate with an ankle yesterday. Uh, I had not seen today's report. But uh, it, it should be coming out here sometime soon. Uh, Shaquille Leonard did practice today. No Quiddy Pay seems to be the big one. Uh, that's what I'm just getting from uh, quick reports here from uh, earlier. And that won't get released until after the show, uh, but we'll uh, we'll try to keep you updated on that stuff. All right, let's go to our best bets for this evening. Now, yesterday, boom, two for two. Uh, we cashed that Bulls team total in the first quarter easily. We told you if you were going to take the, uh, uh, the boost on the spread, Got pushed to like, what was it, 115? We went from minus 110 to plus 115. We told you to take the Bulls. Boom. That hit. Told you if you wanted to add another leg to, take those Bulls. First quarter spread minus two and a half. Boom. That hit. Our, uh, our, our 
Safety hockey play also hits Anders Lee. Plus 135. Let's go. Good day yesterday. Very good day yesterday. Let's see if we can do it again. And uh, I'd like to use our friends over there at uh, DraftKings, who, by the way, have a 25% college football boost for you for the weekend, which is great. Not a whole lot of NBA tonight, but a daily boost up to 100%. Uh, we do have a up to 100% hockey boost if you want to use that this evening as well. And, of course, there's you know Thursday night football. We got that. Um, all right, let's start with our uh, with my. We're very hot on these hockey shot on goal props. I got a couple of guys I follow. They make some recommendations. I go through them. I try to figure out what I like the best. There wasn't a ton that I was in love with tonight, if we're being honest in the NHL. And it's a pretty decent slate here. But I was looking for somebody with some good value that we felt good that kind of got recommended to me. We're going to go to Ottawa. Ottawa is a home dog tonight. They've won their last four straight uh, against uh, the, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, we're going to go over to our shots on goal. We're going to get a guy named Drake Batherson. Drake Batherson. Man, I'll tell you what. When uh, I checked this earlier this afternoon, it was a whole lot better. Over two and a half shots on goal is down to about even money. We're minus 105. That's not terrible. It wasn't like a plus 115. It's dropped down here. Drake Batherson, Ottawa, over two and a half shots on goal. Uh, he has hit that in three of the la- uh, in the last three games. They're on a four-game win streak. And Minnesota was just off to such a horrendous start, I thought. They've played better. This is crazy, too. How about this first streak in that game? The favorites have won each of the last... 13 games at the uh, in, in Ottawa. That's a heck of a streak. Boy, I might have to get into this one. But that's the one I'm going to go ahead and recommend to you. Uh, let's go with that. Ottawa, by the way, ninth in shots. And uh, the Wild give up uh, over thir- almost 34 a game. That's 26th in the league. So I like those odds tonight. Again, we're almost even money. Drake Batherson, Ottawa, over the two and a half shots on goal. That is his leg. Now, we're going to get into the NFL. I know that's what you really are interested in. That's just my little safety play. We have got action between Baltimore and the Buccaneers. The Ravens actually opened up about two-point favorites in this one. It shifted uh, into the Buccaneers. And I'll be honest with you, I just don't... This is disrespectful, I think. Now, that Baltimore secondary, despite having a couple of victories here, is not great. So you would think Tom Brady would be able to to throw this football around. They're 26th against the pass and 10th against the rush. Meanwhile, Brady and the offense are 6th in the league in passing yards, 32nd in rushing yards. So it really hasn't been playoff Lenny just yet. Um, you know, Vegas has been doing very, very well because of home uh, home favorites not covering and unders. That's been the big thing here. We got an over-under 46. Quite honestly, if you take either one of those bets, you're pretty good here. The Buccaneers 1-6 in 
hitting the over. Baltimore is 2-5 hitting the over. Neither one of these teams cover the spread. Buccaneers are almost dead last, 2-5 against the spread this season. Baltimore is 3-4 against the spread. Um, I, I may just go ahead and play the trends on a whim, maybe not overthink this. I feel like Baltimore, a two-point dog, is disrespectful, especially what I've seen out of the uh, Buccaneers the last couple of weeks. Tom Brady doesn't look like he wants to be there. He's got a lot on his mind outside of football with his family issues that he's got. We all know about that. I mean, they lost to Pittsburgh. They lost to Carolina last week inexplicably. I mean, it just looks like they are frustrated and upset. And even the wins... Uh, the six-point win at home against Atlanta and then the ten-point win at New Orleans uh, at the beginning of the season. There's also the 19-3 win over Dallas. It's not like exactly like they're showing you a whole lot. But against teams that are looking to make the playoffs like Kansas City, I mean, they lose that one right there. Um, I just, boy, it's hard for me to trust Tom, Tom Brady. It really, really is. So it comes down to me, can, can the Ravens in, in that rush offense, what happens uh, against the Buccaneers' rush defense, which is middle of the pack, they're ranked 17th. Meanwhile, the Ravens, fifth in the league in rushing. Uh, Lamar will do that to you, um, but they're not even over 190 yards passing per game. Uh, if the Ravens are going to keep it that much on the ground and try to grind that out, that means less possessions. That means avoid those anytime touchdown scores. Scoring is down across the league in a phenomenal amount. So you just avoid that stuff. I think you're playing under here. 46 still seems like a lot of points. I don't even think if the Buccaneers even... Has that even hit? 43, 44, 43 in, in Baltimore. They had that shootout in Miami. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers... I don't think have sniffed this. One game, Kansas City, they had 72 other than that, they're not hitting this 43. I think it might be a little bit high. I'm going to go ahead and take the under in that one, and I'll take uh, Drake Batherson over there in Ottawa. Let's see if we can keep our hockey streak hot, which has been profitable, my friends. Very profitable. All right, we're going to take a break. Shane Fry is going to join us next. West Lafayette's head football coach is on the program when we return here on the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer. 101.7 Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 thehammercom Over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to go. And uh, Coach Shane Fry, the West Side Red Devils, on with us. Uh, winners last week over Twin Lakes. And uh, they move on to take on Cal Met here on uh, Friday night on the uh, on the road here. Coach, congratulations. Hey, it's uh, another uh, victory for you guys over Twin Lakes, 50-7 to last week. Seems like it was uh, pretty darn efficient. Uh, everybody played well. Uh, didn't really have to get in your bag of tricks, and you know everybody comes out healthy. I mean, not much more you can ask out of that first round game. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, advancing in the tournament, um, however you have to do it, is a good thing. Yeah, and uh, you guys have uh, made a habit of that in uh, a lot of seasons of the past year, and yet here you are again taking on a uh, Calumet team. Uh, this is a little bit foreign to you guys, right? I mean, it's always fun. We, you say this all the time. It's fun to play new teams. Um, but uh, there's always that little bit uh, element of hey, you, you don't really know a whole lot of tendencies. You're not too familiar with them, and you know there's that element of surprise here. Uh, this is a Calumet team that was pretty good during the regular season here too. Uh, tell us a little bit about them. You've been watching the film. What is it about them that's propelled them to such a, a great record this year? 
Yeah, they, they're a solid football team, um, and it is hard when, when not only uh, do you not play them, you don't have any common opponents, um, so you're watching film and really having no idea, um, you know, any uh, – you don't have the inside scoop on anything, basically. So it's, uh, it's kind of starting from scratch, but just pass, they passed the eye test, and um, they've got a lot of athletes. Uh, you know, they're uh, – they appear to be very quick. Uh, they got a, a wide receiver that's had a heck of a year. He's already over a thousand yards receiving. Um, he seems to good throws, bad throws, throws out to the side, throws behind. Doesn't matter. Um, he comes down with the ball and then uh, he does something after the catch also. So uh, he's somebody we're definitely going to have to have our eye on. And um, just overall as a team, they've got great team speed and athleticism. And they, you said, you know, hey, they don't have any, you don't have any common opponents or anything like that. But and uh, everybody that you played this year, do they remind you of uh, any teams that you faced this year, or maybe in previous years? Ah, uh, honestly, no. Um, this is this is different. Um, and and it's funny you look at their stats, and and they are, uh, you know, probably sixty forty run, but they make so many big plays in the pass game. It just seems like they kind of air it out more than that, but, uh, they're patient. Um, they'll run the ball, but, uh, when they do pass it, uh, boy, they've had some big, big plays. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, there's no team on our schedule that really reminds me of them. They sound more like you than anybody that you would probably play. I mean, we're talking about these big passes and the big plays in the pass game and everything too, and you know, solid on the running game. But then they they, they break these big ones here. It sounds a little bit like West Side football until you started saying they take their time, and then I realized, oh wait, no, that's nothing like you guys. Right? Yeah. No, you you could draw some similarities for sure. Yeah, it's uh, this is a, another great matchup. West Lafayette taking on uh, Calumet New Tech here. Uh, on uh, Friday night, we're talking with Coach Shane Fry here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Um, you know, we always talk about this. It's one week at a time for you guys here. Uh, how's practice been this week for you guys coming out of uh, that test against uh, you know Twin Lakes? And uh, as you prepare here, what's the what's the uh, practice has been like? And, and how's the move the kids been? Yeah, they, practice has been going really well. Um, you know, it's. You know, no offense to Twin Lakes, but when you beat a team in the regular season like that and then you play them again, you, you know, you're not sure how focused your team is. Um, and, you know, with a new team, a 9-1 and record, uh, the amount of athletes they have on our team, I, I would say 100% of our team is focused on this game, and um, that, that's good. So we have everyone's attention and, and all the focus is on Calumet. Well, uh, you certainly know how to do that. You certainly know how to make these runs through the postseason. And uh, West Lafayette looking to do it again, uh, but they'll need to get through Calumet here on uh, Friday night on the road. A, a team that is uh, and 9-1, just lost to one game, and that's to Hanover Central, who's on the other side of that sectional bracket. Coach Shane Fry, uh, again, always a pleasure talking football with you on Thursdays. Let's, uh, let's get another W here on Friday so we can do it again next week, buddy. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Coach. We always That's uh, West Lafayette and Calumet New Tech. Don't know what happened to the old tech, but uh, that'll be this uh, Friday out there on the road. Uh, We'll be over at Harrison for that game uh, against Plainfield. But uh, this, look, I I firmly believe they should be able to win that one. Calumet has gone up against is nothing compared to what West Lafayette has done this season. I think they should be able to do that as long as they don't grind them too much to a, a halt. Uh, I really thought, man, we got out of that booth. It was the about the middle of the third quarter, and Rensselaer Central still had a lead over Hanover Central. And I thought, hey, 
There's that upset that I said to watch out for. 38-10 to 10 ends up being the final in Hanover Central wins, but you just had that feeling that Rensselaer Central is that quirky team that, you know, anybody else except for West Lafayette or Twin Lakes knows what it's like to play them, but like a Griffith or River Forest or, or, or Calumet having to take them on um, would be problematic just because of the style they play and, and the way they win football games. And it was. It took Hanover Central uh, all the way to like the middle part of the third quarter to finally be able to really wrestle that game away from the Bombers. Uh, but that is a very, very tough team in Hanover Central. That's the big one. Uh, I think West Lafayette uh, goes ahead and gets that win up in the region uh, next week. And then this game would be... That's a great question. I'm not actually sure where. i got to go back and take a look at... Uh, because once you get into that sectional championship, um, it all just depends on... I can't remember if they just base it off of who had the last home game or who's had the most home games. Hanover's had one on the road, one at home. West Lafayette's had one at home and one on the road. I think they'd have to go to Hanover Central because uh, they're on the bottom. I think that's the way that one would work, but don't quote me on that. But that's going to be the real big one here going forward because um, once they get in, if they can win that one, to get into the regional is not, the regional's not the problem here. West Noble, Knox, Jimtown, and Glen. I don't think any of those teams are probably in the top 20 of the class. I think Knox is rated 19th. Knox might be rated 19th. But the real test will be uh, that game next week against Hanover Central. Now they have to get to that point first. All right? Like my old coach used to say, you can't win a sectional championship this week, but you can darn sure lose one. And uh, that's the case here for West Lafayette. I, I think Calumet's going to present some challenges. They can be a little bit dangerous, but they should be the favorite in that one. Um, next week will be very interesting against Hanover Central, and then whoever wins that one, I mean, he's going Pennsylvania for the semi-state because, like I said, uh, neither one of those four teams um, in those uh, in that other sectional are even in the top 20 in the state. So that should be a breeze for whoever wins that one. Then you're looking at getting into the semi-state, and you're going to have a Bishop Chatard in there if they get past Heights. Uh, Garen with an upset over Oak Hill, which was ranked third in 3A. Um, Yorktown and Garrett, Norwell, and Fort Wayne Concordia. Uh, I don't know if there's a matchup in there where you're like, holy smokes, that's going to be a huge problem. But, uh, you know... Probably going to have to go through Chittard again. That's never easy. And then you, if we can get that far and get in the state championship, we'll see where the chips fall where they may. I think West Lafayette's got a lot of great weapons. I think they play a very unique style on offense that is so very up-tempo that teams that haven't, you know, there's not a lot of teams in 3A that can run that kind of tempo. I mean, like, even capable of doing it, even if they had the time to practice it. Problem is they're just they're thin at some spots because of injuries. That's the biggest thing moving forward for West Lafayette. But you have Max Mullis, who's very very good, um, and a, a great supporting cast around him, um, and guys that are starting to come on here. That West Lafayette always has one or two guys where like you didn't hear anything about these guys at the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden I'm talking a bunch about like Benny Speaker. He almost lit up that quarterback on a Philly special last week. That. That kid pulled up on a business decision like I've never seen at the high school level before. 
So I definitely think West Lafayette's got some talent. They know how to get to a state championship. They know how to win one. They got to be focused in this one. They can take care of business here too, because Hanover Central's already smoked Calumet a couple of weeks ago, forty-two to nothing. You feel like Westside has to come out and make a statement like that themselves to show Hanover Central that hey, we're still the big dogs here. Don't don't go getting any ideas. That's going to be an absolute dogfight next week, and I'm so excited for that one. That'll be a great matchup for West Lafayette. But they have all the pieces they need to succeed. And I'll tell you what, they've got uh, a great outlook here. If they can get through next, if they, they win on Friday, they get through next week, I think they get through that regional two and on the semi-state. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out from there. Well, we're going to go ahead and take another break. We're going to come back. Robert Quinn is off of the Chicago Bears, gone. You thought maybe it would have been Roquan Smith, right? So, Bears fans, how should you feel about it? You guys took the poll. We'll talk about it here. That's coming up next. Uh, and your thoughts on it on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammer text line at 765-447-4080. That's coming up here on 1017 The Hammered, 1017. Hey, welcome back to The Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammered, 1017thehammer.com. Yesterday, the big news, the Bears trade away Robert Quinn. Shocked. Just shocked. A fourth-round pick will go uh, back to the Bears. And a man who had, what, 18 and a half sacks last year will go on out to, uh, to Philadelphia. How do I feel about this? How should you feel about this? Who won? All right, well, let's go. If you're a Bears fan and you think you lost, let me help support your argument in this way. You lost a guy that you had on a contract for another two years. You lost a guy that, by all accounts, seemed to be pretty good in the locker room. That was one of your leaders. You lost a guy who had how many sacks last year? Like some 18? Hadn't really had it going on lately, but still, he's a former uh, Defensive Player of the Year. And if one thing had been going right for the Bears this season, it had been the defense, hadn't it? I think they're seventh in points allowed per game. I mean, the passing defense had been pretty darn good. It's ranked third. Just behind Denver and Green Bay. That's usually because people are running. The rush defense was not as great. But if you're a Bears fan and you're not happy about that and you like him and you feel like maybe that's giving up on the season, yeah, you're right. Maybe it is giving up on the season a little bit. But take a look at where you stand. Right? You're third in that division. You're two games behind Minnesota at five and one. So if you're making the playoffs, that's, you gotta take out Minnesota. Because you're not getting a wild card. You're 13th in that race. Now, with all due respect, the Rams are in that 
seventh spot at three and three. So maybe not as far out as it looks like. But you start to do the math and you start to look at things and you say, it's probably the best is you'd have to win the North. Green Bay looks down. You fought against the Vikings just a few weeks ago out in Minnesota, and you only came up a touchdown short. But look at what you got coming up here. The Cowboys, been pretty good. Dolphins, great team. Lions, not great. Falcons, not that great. Jets are all right. You still got to get through the Eagles and the Bills. Is it going to happen for you this year? Or is it best to just fold your cards, take back uh, you know some of your money here, and plan for the next year? And to be honest with you, I, I feel like that's nice. I, I think your biggest your biggest issue with trading away Quinn was the fourth round pick, because you feel like he's worth a, a little bit more. There's no doubt that the uh, Eagles are buying low here. And they're assuming more of the risk. They're assuming that Quinn is going to come back and uh, start racking up the sacks again. But if he's not going to do it for you, and what's he have two tackles for a loss in seven games? What is the value then in keeping him? If that's what you're paying him the most money out of anybody on the team, if that's what you're paying him to do is to go and get those tackles for a loss and he's got two of them, then what are we talking about here? You get him off the books for the next couple of years, or you keep him on the books, and you don't trade him, and that you pray sometime in the next two years that he figures it out and he comes and he comes through for you. Otherwise, you're losing 18, 19 mil over the next two years each year to have him there. And as a Chicago fan, uh, we just went through baseball season. You've seen your fair share of bad contracts where you're just hoping that that player kind of reverts to that classic form and never quite does. I mean, uh, is he... Has he racked up more than a tackle in any game this season? The first two games, he had two in each one of those, and that's it. Man's getting a little bit up there in the age, too. I don't hate it. I know maybe you have an emotional attachment to him, and I get that, and that makes it hard. And I know fourth-round pick maybe might seem a little bit low, but I feel like Honestly, as an outsider and watching who goes for what these days, and those NFL trades, rarely are you getting um, some low-round picks for somebody. Tyreek Hill, I mean, that is the exception. And talk about an overpay. I don't care who you are, how good you are. That's You, you need to be the starting quarterback. That's, that's uh, a price that you pay for like a Patrick Mahomes. Not a wide receiver in Hill. But he's been worth it for him, I guess. It's working for him. But there's just so many positives, I think, in this if you are a Bears fan. You're saying this isn't exactly the year we're going to go all the way. 
But you can take that 18 mil now for the next couple of years. You've opened up a you've unlocked so much money here. You're paying 79 mil in dead cap this year. So you can afford to eat that this year. Now go to next year. Eddie Jackson, now your highest paid player, 17 mil in the cap hit. But you have unlocked an estimated $116 million in cap space. Does that not make you a player for a top-tier wide receiver, which you desperately need? You are in last in the league in passing yards. God bless Darnell Mooney. I think he's a great piece. But is he, a, is he an A1 Pro Bowl type wide receiver for you right now? And what else do you have in that wide receiver core for Justin Fields? If you want him to develop, you got to put some weapons around him. This is going to free some stuff up here for you to be able to, to, to make that move. You also might be able to add to that offensive line. I think this is great. I think if you're if you're a long-term visionary here on the Bears, you realize what is there right now is not what's going to get you there. And now you just gave yourself darn near $20 million worth of cap space uh, next year to go out there and get yourself a couple of big-name free agents. I like the move. With the new coaching regime wanting to do what they want to do, they can address where you know the, the areas that they need help the most at, and now you've got plenty of cash to be able to go out there and, and do what you need to do. I think you like this as a Bears fan. I, I know the polls came back here where most people weren't happy. But it basically comes down to, do you want to keep 18 mil and then another 19 mil on the books for the next two years and, and hope that you get half of the player back that you had? Or if you look at it, these first seven games and think to yourself, I can mitigate all that risk, take a fourth round pick and make my team better next year. And it's not like a fourth round pick is the most inconsequential thing. I mean, the Bears had, was it just two, three years ago? When you got, uh, who you had two picks in the fourth round. Eddie Jackson and uh, Tariq Cohen. I think you did pretty good right there. You're not going to find a ton of pro bowlers there, but you are going to find difference makers in the fourth round. And let's not forget, two additional picks can also help you trade down into better picks to find those guys that you really want. I think I'm okay with this. I think you should be okay with this as a Bears fan. If you disagree, please let me know. Text the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline 765-447-4080. Bears, I, I think this is a good move here. I really do. I'm a little surprised that Roquan has stayed and, and Quinn's the guy that goes. But I think you've unlocked some real possibilities for next season. So uh, this could uh, this could be really good long-term, I think, for the Bears. We're going to take a uh, final break here. We'll come back with the things we missed and wrap up the Hammer Down Show next. Hey, welcome back. 
welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 thehammercom Tomorrow, Shane, Fr- uh, not Shane Fry, Brian May and uh, Sam King, both our guests here. All right, time for some of the things that uh, we may have missed. Uh, let's go to Buffalo. Uh, they saw Tennessee's renderings and they decided that they were going to release uh, their own stadium renderings. Uh, it looks like this kind of big glass type thing on the outside i don't know anyway there's something called family circle and it's got three giant gold buffaloes in it what's up that is awesome i mean they're massive they have like people standing these things got to be like well let me see here i mean if i'm trying to describe it uh let's just say that person about six twelve maybe like about 35 feet tall they serve no real purpose except for just kind of standing there which Hey, why not? Inside the stadium's got a uh, lower bowl on the sides. There's like three mini decks, which I'm sure are all like luxury suites. And then there's another big upper bowl. Uh, In the end zones, you have a lower and then you have a mid. And then uh, that's below the upper bowl that goes all the way around. And that's about it. That's all you get. You get two pictures. You get something for the outside, and then you get here uh, on the inside. It looks all right. I mean, what they really wanted was like a number of luxury suites. That's where these. Uh, that's where they make all the money here. That's that's the big time profit getters there. It looks like it goes pretty far back on the one side too. You know. Um, there's two ways. You kind of stack people on top of each other vertically or you're going farther out. I prefer the vertically thing. I don't mind walking up some steeper steps to feel like I'm a little bit closer from the, to the field when I'm, you know. I, unless I got field passes, man, I'm up there usually, all right? I'll make that kind of money like you think I do. So I kind of like it when you're, you're stacked on each other there and you can, uh, you know, you're real close to the action. That's my favorite thing. Um, not nearly as dynamic as what uh, the Titans released. But I will give the Bills props because there is no dome here. Just nice. The well, Bears are going to go with the dome. I just, eh. Eh. Come on. If you're supposed to be that cold weather tough team and you've always played outdoors like that, why would you change it? So I'm going to go ahead and give the Bills a little bit of credit there. Uh, not bad renderings. I need to see more. Just two. Seems ridiculous, but I love your giant buffaloes out front. Those are pretty cool. Uh, and then lastly, it's coming from Us Weekly, but everybody's talking about it here, that Giselle has given Tom Brady an ultimatum. It's it's leave football to spend time with the family or gone for good. Doesn't want him to continue to get injured and not be able to enjoy life in the future. She's doing it for the family. First off, it's Us Weekly, so take it with a grain of salt. But I think I've said something similar to this when we talked about him maybe retiring or not retiring. Like, I I just, I understand he's such a great competitor, but at the same time, look at all the Super Bowls he's won. Look at all the records he has. What does he have left to prove? He's got a great brand. He's going to make even more money when he retires. And you want to be able to enjoy that life that you work so hard for, right? So why jeopardize it uh, chasing another ring that... Your legacy just does not need. You don't need the money. 
I hope this isn't true because I don't want it to be true because I don't want this man to choose football over his family. At that point, one of your boys has got to be an intervention. Got to get an intervention. You've got it all. You're still going to have it all. This is the one thing you'll never be able to get back. Family is important, man. I hope that's not true. I really hope that report's not true because I know exactly what Tom's going to do, and he's going to choose last season of football. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Hammer Down Show. We'll see you back here at three o'clock tomorrow on one.